Uh, good morning. Yeah, morning. Uh, my name is Brian Fredrickson. I've been attending CCC for the past four and a half years. As long as we've lived in Beijing, we've attended uh, church here. And God has been working in my life uh, specifically for the last one year. And the way he's been working is this, is I'm uh, speaking in front of you. Um, I've only done this two times before. And so when I, when I prepare, it's new to me, so I need to rehearse. And I have to say there's two times I've rehearsed today. Can you go to the next slide? If you could see this uh, picture, or the next one. Yeah, this is, uh, this is what I was doing two nights ago. You could see me in the photo there. Um, that's a leadership team, the company I work with. These are the bosses. And uh, two nights ago was our hip-hop routine. It's because the leaders are expected to open the company's annual party, uh, the annual party before Chinese New Year, with some entertainment. And we get assigned the dance that we have to learn. And this year was a, was a little hip-hop. And I have to rehearse that because I'm not very good at it. So this week I had to rehearse two things. One is this message that I'm giving to you, and the other on Thursday, which was another type of rehearsal. You know, I had this hip-hop routine, so, you know, I get on a stage, like, the stage that I danced on was bigger than this. The screen was about as big as the curtain. So I'm up here now, and I want to I wanna go into my routine, because that's, that's what I've been doing for the last couple of weeks before I put on a microphone and stand up in front of people. Um, so that's one reason I shared this story, but there's another reason I shared this story, um, and it has to do with my colleague, who's the other photo, that's Po Jiao, and uh, we work together, and we're both uh, engineers, so we work on many projects together, and Po had a disadvantage this year, because he was on business travel for like two weeks, and he just arrived back on Wednesday, but... He's in that photo as well, so he needs to do this hip-hop routine just like the rest of us. So on Thursday, um, when we were doing this, uh, we're, we're, we've got a little bit of time before the dance, and people, he posed asking questions, and people are showing him how to do the routine. And I had an idea, because I know him well, and I said, all right, I'm going to help you. Let me show you the big picture of how this goes. So this is... One engineer talking to another engineer. We're much more analytical than artistic. And I show him, I, okay, here's what's going to happen. The dance is two and a half minutes. There's two sets of dance moves. And these are my words. I'm not a dance teacher. It's like, all right, the first set, let's call this set A, has these moves. Okay. Then we're going to pause and kind of huddle in the middle and do clapping. Because there's 15 of us and there's lights going, so we have to look like we know what we're doing. And then we come out of that, and then we go into B. And here's the moves in B. And then we do that. And then we huddle again in the middle. And then we come and do B again. And then after we do B the second time, we do the final pose. That's, that's how this is going to go in two and a half minutes. And after he understood, and then I kind of explained, like, the, these are the steps in A and different sequence of steps in B. And then we, we did the routine, and it worked out okay because 
Poe got it enough, and he stood in the back row and got the timing close enough to where he fit in with the rest of us. And after that, he told me, he's like, yeah, that, that was perfect. I got it. A-B-B. Like, like it, it worked for him. He understood. And uh, so if you go to the next, if you go to the next slide, um, what I think I did was show him the big picture. Like, this is how this is going to happen. Like, in two and a half minutes, this is what's going to happen. And once he understood that, he was able to put together the steps. Like, he could focus on, okay, is this A or B? Like, he knew he was doing step A, and then he could focus on the little, on the moves, the dance moves that are in that step, um, and then B. So, my point of all this is that, if you go to the next slide, um, it was the big picture and then some smaller detailed steps within that. You go to the next. Um, and this is what Ephesians 2, when I was reading Ephesians 2, I, I, the Holy Spirit made the connection in my mind that that's exactly what Ephesians 2 is all about. It's, it's a definitely a big picture book. Um, but then in the big picture book, there's some detailed steps that lead to the understanding. And that's what Paul was trying to get across to the Ephesians. And so... That together, a big picture, big seeing the big picture, plus smaller detailed steps equals, that leads to the better understanding. So, let me uh, pray for the sermon and then we can get into Ephesians 2, or two and 3. Um, God, I pray that you use me today to bring your word to your church, that my words will be your words and you will have this touch people's hearts and have them understand more about your, your big plan for the universe and your love for each of us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So, uh, if you go to the next slide. So, Ephesians, my, uh, my first feeling is, what a book, because I've learned a lot um, in a recent study of Ephesians in the first three chapters. Um, it's so my overall conclusion is definitely this is a big picture book from God's place and how he, his whole purpose and the purpose of Christ and for, the, for all of us and the big picture of the universe is captured in Ephesians. There's also very practical steps in Ephesians, which is what, more, which is what I was more familiar with um, in Ephesians 5 and 6 especially. It's uh, husbands and wives, parents and children, slaves and masters. Uh, chapter 6 has the armor of God. I, I knew those, but I didn't know chapters 1, 2, and 3, and I, oh, therefore I didn't really know the purpose of the entire book in its entirety, so I'm very happy that I'm, I now have that because I've, I've studied, I've studied uh, Ephesians, especially from the beginning. Um, there's also some beautiful versions in Ephesians that I'm sure you're all very familiar with. There's there everything from... Uh, how wide and deep and long is God's love. Um, there's all the, the verses that I, just, that I just mentioned. But putting the whole thing together is really, is really special. And today, what I want to talk about especially is um, in chapters 2 and 3. So that's the, the part of Ephesians that I'll be, that I'll be talking from. Um, let's go to the next slide. So why did Paul write to the Ephesians? And... What I've come to understand and, and learn is that it's different than other letters to churches because he wasn't talking about any one particular issue that the Ephesians had. There wasn't a particular issue about um, immoral behavior, about um, 
the warnings against false teachings. It was a big picture book. It was meant to increase their understanding so that they understood the context of the gospel that they, they had already heard the gospel and they were meeting as churches, but he needed to make sure that, so what God put on his heart was to make sure that they understood the big picture and why this is so important, especially some, some things that they didn't understand about being united together. So he goes into a step-by-step, chapters two and three are the steps that he goes through. And oh, yeah, I, I got a little ahead of myself. So this is, so this is what he did. He wrote it to expand the horizons of the reader so that they better understood the full dimensions of God's purpose. That's, the, that's where he starts. And then so that they could appreciate the high goals that God has for the church. So that's the purpose of this book. Um, so go to the next slide. So what we'll do in um, these chapters are, are look at how he did that. And this is how, and this is how he did it. So here's an insertion. Um, many of you might recognize this kind of slide. It's very standard PowerPoint. I must have made a slide like this a hundred times throughout the last two decades in my job. And so I'm studying, and the, God put this on my heart. And again, it's something I realized as I was looking how Paul um, put together his letter to Ephesians. It's like what he's doing is he's influencing. I know how to do. I know how to do this. I've practiced this in, in my work all the time. So I'll give you a quick lesson on my version of how to influence somebody. And I do research and development, so it's a technical field, but it's a bit unknown. Consumer products industry, always doing new innovations. You gotta bring together marketing groups and development groups together. This is, this is how I would say to do it. So you start with the destination vision. That's step one. Big picture, so you start in the upper left. I think the shape of the arrow getting bigger and going up into the right is a good thing. So you don't need the visual, the, the, the visual slide. You can do this verbally, but this is, you always start with the destination vision. You explain, this is the big picture. This is where we're gonna end up. This is how everything comes together. So you get them excited about that. Then the second thing you do is you go way back to today we are here. Then you got to explain the situation and make them realize that there's a gap between this big destination vision where, where we need to get to, the big purpose, and where we are today. So this works for everything. It's like our sales are this. If we do all these, our sales can be this. You have to, rec- you have to get that person you're trying to influence to see the gap, and most importantly, that they can't do it themselves. Like, they, they don't know how to get there. They want the vision, but they realize they're in this place, not anywhere close to the vision, so they have this gap. That's perfect if you're trying to influence somebody because what you're going to show them is the way to get there. Then they need you. They need your plan, and they'll buy in. So then you show these steps. Well, these steps are important because the steps have to be meaningful to who you're trying to talk to. Like, the steps are the key. If the person doesn't understand the steps, they're not going to believe that you can get them from where they are today to the vision. So they have to, the steps have to be very practical. They've got to be small enough so that the person can understand it. Even if they have no idea how to close that gap, they have to understand the, how you explain the steps is really important. The more, the more meaningful the steps are, the more details you can put in the steps and get the person understanding, yeah, I understand that step. That makes sense to me the more likely it is that they're going to buy into your vision. 
And if you're trying to influence somebody to fund your R&D program or staff your projects or move your program forward, that's a good thing. Because the more they nod their head and they understand your steps, the more likely they are to get you the, what you need in order to do it. So that's what Paul was thinking. So Paul went through these steps so that the Ephesians could see the big picture and the context of where they are and then adjust their mindset and, and attitudes and behaviors accordingly. So let's go to the, the next slide. So this is how the book of Ephesians is laid out, and I, I think this is really cool when what works in the corporate world is God's plan for the universe, and it's exactly the way God had Paul do it. Um, so the book of Ephesians is chapter one is God's purpose. That's that vision. That's where he starts. It's a good place to start. I mean, I think I definitely I could see this. Yeah, Paul knew God had Paul do a very, log a very logical thing as he was trying to reach the people. So you start with the big purpose. That's what chapter one is. Um, chapter two and three are the steps. That's exactly what chapter two and three are. And chapters four to six are practical ways to live and fulfill the purpose. Uh, in my words, it would be like reducing the steps to practice. So after you understand the steps and you're living in the steps, here's what that looks like. Here's the way that can show up in your life every day. Here's what's going to happen. And that's what chapters 4 and 6 are all about. So today we're going to look at the, the steps. So we're going to learn the detailed steps in chapters 2 and 3 of Ephesians. So what are these steps? So step 1 is God reconciled individuals to himself. That's the first step. So we've got that big gap. The first thing God does is work on the individuals. And what we see in these verses, in the first part, in, in, chapter, in early part of chapter 2, this is where we see these concepts. And I, and I highlight these because these are, I think these are the significant ones. Wrath and then saved by grace. These, these concepts show up in this first part of uh, chapter 2 and how God reconciles us. And so he spells that out exactly. So chapter 1 was the purpose, and then this is how God reconciles individuals to himself. So in verse 5, it says, He made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions, by grace that we have been saved. So what we heard there is we're dead in transgressions, meaning that we deserve the wrath, and that instead of that, because Christ came, died on the cross for our sins, we are saved. And that's the gift of God. And that's the grace part, because it's nothing that we did that deserves the grace, but it's God chose to have Jesus come, die on the cross for our sins. We believe that, and we're saved. We don't have to. So our destiny is not the wrath, but rather it's to be with God, because we're saved. And so. What do we need to do um, is just have the faith that Jesus died on the cross for our sins and took the punishment for our sins. And because we don't have that sin anymore, Jesus already took the punishment, it's gone, we can be reconciled with God. Um, I'll make another reference here to Isaiah. Um, in Isaiah 53, 6, it says, we, we all, like sheep, have gone astray, each of us has turned to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him, laid on him, being Jesus, our Savior, the iniquity of us all. And so God laying hands on our iniquity 
on Jesus is like in the Old Testament times when the priests would lay their hands on the, the scapegoat, the sheep that was, took all of Israel's sins, like with that laying of hands, took all of Israel's sins. So Israel had no sins anymore. They were all on this animal that is about to be sacrificed. So that's like, it's that simple. That's how God reconciles us to him. Now, that's step one. So step two is the next thing God did is he reconciled those saved individuals to each other. And this is the, the important part in Ephesus was the Jews and the Gentiles because this was a new concept to them because it, it had been said in the prophets that all nations, that all nations would be under God, and, but they didn't say how. And so this now goes into the how part. And um, so he moves from the salvation of the individual to the salvation of the groups. And this was a big mystery that was revealed. And it's, it's when Christ died on the cross, that death took, was for all people. So as soon as that happened and all people get reconciled to God, there's no more only Israel. It's all people. So now it's the people of Israel, and everybody else who just believed the good news. So all people are together now. So God now has reconciled all people together, and that's how he did it. And then the next slide is step three. Now that that's happened, step three is God united all the saved individuals to the church. And, in, and this is another mystery that was revealed to, to Paul when, when he was saved and, he, and the, God was working through him, Holy Spirit was working through him to, to teach the people. Um, in, verse, in chapter 3, verse 6, it says, The Gentiles are heirs now, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, and share together in the promise of Christ Jesus. So the one body that all people are in is like that is Christ's body. That represents the church, and that's God's plan for the church. So that's what Paul wanted. That's what this group in Ephesus, that's what the church is. It's everybody together, one body under the head of Jesus, and this is, this is the church. So now this is, I think if I would, what Paul will have done is if, every, if um, people understand this message, now they understand their purpose in the universe, how they got there, and now we're the church. And then it will go on to say, now this is how you behave as the church. This is how members of the church behave toward each other, especially toward you know, husbands, wives, slaves, masters. This is how you behave now in the church. So um, that was how Paul spoke to the Ephesians. Now what could we do with this in our lives today? So how can we apply this in our lives today? So I, I think it's to better understand God's purpose get to the, the next slide. It's, so it's to understand our place in God's purpose. And as I thought about some examples to use, I thought of three, three words. They all start with the letter P. So remember these P words. And I hope they have your curiosity because I'll, I'll finish my message today talking about the place, prisoner, and pray. So first we'll start with the, we'll start with the place. So the, the place we have, our place, is saved from wrath by grace. That's our place in the universe. So Ephesians um, 2, 3 to 5 was part of what was 
read today in the scriptures. Um, and then the, oh, I realized that the second is a typo. It shouldn't be 17 to 19, so if you're following along, it's, it should be 7 to 9. This, my finger slipped another number. So it's Ephesians uh, chapter 2, verses 7 to 9. Um, and if you put that passage all together, the first part of it talks about, in my mind, this talks about the big universe, an omnipotent God. This is where the wrath part is. The wrath is stored up in that part. And when I think of wrath, what do you think of? When I, think of when, I, when I first started studying this and I saw that and thought of wrath, I thought of like anger, like the wrath of God is lightning, and it's a, and, and that didn't really fit with my image of God. Like God's not an angry, God doesn't have anger toward, a, toward an individual, so how does this work? So as I, I studied it more and thought about it and put it in its place, I came up with a different uh, metaphor in my mind. Wrath is like a, uh, state function. And if you are scientists, you know what a state function is? It's just like it is. It's like it's just a fundamental mathematical, physical, physics state function. Um, like laws of thermodynamics and gravity. That's, that's what a state function is. That's what wrath is. In my mind, I put it together. Wrath, so wrath has been around like before God created the universe, before God created earth and any of us, wrath was there. Because wrath is just the absent, wrath is the consequence of sin. It's the, it's not love. If it's love, it's with God. So anything that goes against that, the destination is wrath. And so wrath isn't a, a short decision that God's making on a day-to-day basis with us, like, ooh, you behave like that, how much wrath do you get? Depending on how bad you were, this is the amount of wrath I give you. It's like, not like that at all. Wrath is just part of God's eternal character, and it doesn't change. So I guess that's the good news from my understanding, the bad news for all of us, because it's like, there's nothing I could do, like, ooh, can I avoid that wrath? Like, can I sidestep it a little bit and wrath goes by me? And like, there's no way. Like, wrath is so big. It's part of the way the internal, the universe is created. So there's no way you're going to escape wrath. But there is good news, because the second part of this verse, it talks about us being saved by grace. And so the picture in my mind on this one, this is like the one lost sheep and a loving father. Like, it's still part of the same big picture, and that's the verses 7 to 9, talks about, okay, we deserved the wrath. Like, that's the way the universe is created. So if we're not holy, none of us, nobody is, we're not going to get the destination to be with God, we're going to get the wrath, which is pretty bad news. But the good news is, God saved us from that by grace, and, the, and this is the character of God that that, that we know and is part of the big picture destination is he loves everybody so much that he's going to go save every individual like the one lost sheep to go save that individual so that we don't go to wrath, we go to the destination. So this is where God is personal on the day-to-day basis because he's always going to have the loving arms to accept us back. So the, the piece is, that's how that, that piece goes together. So I think that's definitely a way on the day-to-day that we could realize it. It's just realize that it's not God choosing to wrath us. It's just like that's the way it is. What God's choosing to do is bring us back. So that, that's how we should behave every day. And so 
what, what should our attitude be should just be one of thankfulness and just joy and thankfulness and obeying God's law, obeying God's commands and just being accepting, accept this gift that he gives us. So that's the first one. That's our place. The, the second one that I, that I talk to, um, talk about is prisoner. So this is about the prisoner, and this is another one that shows up in um, verse 1 of chapter 3. It says, I'm a prisoner of Christ. So this makes me have a question and pause. Like, prisoner of Christ, what does that mean? So how can, like, what does that mean to be a prisoner of Christ? And I thought about it, and um, this is the application that I came up with for prisoner. I think it's significant. If you go to the next slide, it's like, what's your own prison? So all saved individuals are part of God's purpose. So then challenge yourself, in what situation are you, what situation are you in today because of Christ? Because I think that's what, that's what Paul meant when he's a prisoner of Christ. He is, this, is, this was God's place for him. God's place for him was to be in prison. That's where he had to be to bring God's message and do God's will that God had for Paul to, to glorify, glorify God and, and grow the church. Um, so you don't have to be in a prison, but where could you be because of Christ? And wherever that situation is, that's your prison. It doesn't have to be a negative prison. Um, but if it feels like a negative prison, I would say that you're kind of tracking with my thinking. Because um, if the situation you're in feels like a prison, like, guess what? That's where God puts you. You are there because of Christ. Because you've been saved already. So you're already part of, we just established that. You're already part of God's big plan. Christ is a part of it. You're a part of it. So you are where you're at because of Christ. I work for Procter & Gamble in Beijing in 2018 because of Christ. It gives a different mindset when I'm going to work in the morning or I'm at work. Like, oh my gosh, why is, why is my boss giving me this? Because of Christ. Really? Okay. So how does that change the way I now act? Because obviously this is part of God's plan. So if I'm abiding and following in God's will, then of course where you're at is because of Christ. Paul planted that seed because he's saying he was in prison. So this week I'd, so I'd you know, pray that the Holy Spirit shows you you are in that place because of Christ. Because that is your place to be right now in God's eternal plan. That's the prisoner part. And the last part, um, the last P word, the third P word is pray. And Paul, what, I, what became apparent to me in this part is that Paul paused multiple times in these first three chapters to pray. It's a significant part of the text is his prayer. Um, and I just referenced it there. So there's uh, chapter one only has 23 verses. And so the first 14 are about describing this, and this, then he pauses and prays for the Ephesians so that they understand what he's talking about. And then he finishes that part. And then in uh, and then chapter 2, we, just, we went over m much of the content. The three steps are in chapter 2. And then in chapter 3, he starts off with, like, I'm a prisoner. And he, then he pauses and describes um, the mysteries about step 3. And then he goes into praise again. And so he finishes the second half prayer. So prayer must be important in this, in this whole, in understanding this big picture, because it's tough to grasp the, the, 
God's eternal plan and how he's going to fulfill this plan with Jesus coming, dying for our sins. And then we have this opportunity every day to live like the, the lost sheep or the loving children and a, and a father who's always going to who's always going to welcome us home and just has those great things for us to do to further his kingdom while we're living every day. So um, what I would like to do now in closing is um, pray for all of you that second prayer um, listed on the, on the screen and how Paul closes uh, chapter 13. That would be a great privilege for me if I could pray that for all of you in my closing in my closing prayer. So, um, so let's close now. And this is how Paul prayed for, prayed for the Ephesians. So I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through, their, through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now unto him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen.